the Action Network Podcast. I'm just about that action, boss. Ready? Ready. All right, here we go. From the 10, throwing end zone. Spectacular catch. They're saying it's a catch. Touchdown. You see, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh, my God. That's incredible. Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> and we are underway. Welcome into the Action Network podcast presented by BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. I'm your host today, Brendan Glasheen. Today's episode, NFL Week 9, Best Bets. We have Brandon Anderson joining us. We have Luke Swain, a.k.a. Vegas Refund, in our rotating third chair. Our contestant today is the Touchdown Show host, Joe Gallant. He joins us once again. Uh, Great to have Jill here, as well as Brandon and Luke. You can follow these guys individually in the award-winning, free-to-download Action Network app. Before we get into the best bets, again, we've got plenty going on here on the Action Network podcast. Uh, We have experts in the NBA and the NHL. We have our specific sports-branded podcast, NBA. You can listen to Buckets. You can also listen to Line Change. Uh, That's where you can find basketball and hockey, respectively. You can find them wherever you listen to your podcast. Be sure to subscribe. Uh, Thanks to those guys putting all the time in uh, during those seasons. You can also find video versions of our podcast, basketball, hockey, including this one, football. Uh, Once you hit subscribe on YouTube, you can also give the video a like. We appreciate that. And as we'd like to remind you, please leave a five-star rating and a review. We like to read the reviews to see what is on your mind. Uh, as we do these best bet pods each and every week. We had a six and three week eight, profitable week number eight. We're just shy of 500 on the season. And when you include the look ahead lines from Brandon, we are even 39 and 39. Okay, without further ado, and we got some great games on the slate. Really fun slate. Uh, I think you've all heard by now from the morning it kicks off in Germany all the way to Sunday night in Cincinnati. It's an excellent slate. So, I think we're going to start right in order. We're going to go right to Germany. Brandon, your first one, please. Yeah, right to Germany for the first kickoff. I'm going to take the Chiefs minus one against the Dolphins, obviously in a neutral field here. And this was my hot read. This was one of my two hot read picks. And I'll say this, the line has moved against me. I grabbed it at two and a half on Sunday night. It's at one now. I'm not too daunted by that. I think the line move probably is Miami's gotten some probably positive injury news especially on the offensive line, Connor Williams, and maybe Teron Armstead could be back. That is really big for them. I think that's part of why Miami's offense has been faltering. It just really didn't impact my cap on this game because Miami already had the better offense. Like I was already accounting for that, but the Chiefs are still top five. Dolphins are number one. That that matters. I do think Miami can run on Kansas City outside a little bit, especially if these guys are healthy, but my cap is defense, not offense. The Dolphins or 22nd by DVON defense. So just about bottom 10 there. The Chiefs are number five, top four against the pass. Miami's defense has been far worse away from home. Germany is a long way from Miami. They've been bottom five in the first half. So I think that sets up where the Chiefs are number two on offense to get out to an early lead. And then Miami gets away from the run game, perhaps, which I think is where they are in better shape here. And they have to pass on what's been a really good secondary. Trent McDuffie, especially, has been awesome for the Chiefs. One of the best corners in football. So on Miami's defense, the one thing that has been a strength for them, top five pass rush. But the mm-hmm. Chiefs, 
Offensive line is number one in pass block win rate. Run game, not so great, but pass blocking has held up even with all the new guys this year. Miami's defense, when they've faced a top quarterback, they've given up 34 to Justin Herbert, 48 to Josh Allen, 31 to Jalen Hurts. So 31 or more, all three of those. Guess what? Patrick Mahomes fits. So at the end of the day, just give me Mahomes, right? 14 and three straight up after a loss. 14, 4, and 1 against the spread, 78% when he is anything that's not at least a three and a half point favorite, right? I never know how to say that stat. But in the regular season, when he's an underdog or a favorite of three or less, like he is here, 14, 4, and 1, and international games, you just take the favorite. If it's not the Jaguars, because they're funky, any other international games, favorites are 22 and 9 against the spread, 71%. Chiefs are the favorites, or the right favorite. Give me Pat after a loss. Give me Pat as a coin flip game. Chiefs minus one. Okay, again, we're recording on a Thursday and looking at the action app. Money, bets, they're piling in on Kansas City. I mean, it all it all sets up for the Chiefs. And just looking at Miami's track record, as Brandon laid out, against some of the better teams, better offenses. Luke, what's your first one? Yeah, I'm going to go with the Chiefs as well. Um, minus one, money line, whatever it is, where I am surprised that the line came down from two and a half earlier this week, which... Definitely has to do with the injury report, whether it's the Dolphins' defense getting healthier or their offensive line, which honestly, like those two things are probably going to help the Dolphins a great deal where they've been playing with like half of a defense for the last couple of weeks. But in the end, like if you're telling me I'm going to get the best quarterback in the league by a pretty wide margin at under a field goal, it's just, it's as easy as that. Like it really, you don't have to think about it too much. It's just really like the shiny object of Mahomes really is worth the distraction, but at the same time, it really is having, I think, a lot of people overlook how good this Kansas City defense has been. The top five in every category in DVOA, um, going against a Dolphins team that has struggled against the good teams. Now, this isn't a true away game, um, and the one thing that does concern me is the travel schedules between the two teams with the Dolphins. I know went early, and the Chiefs, I think, are going like, they're either going today or tomorrow, uh, which is probably the most concerning thing out of the whole scenario for me Uh, but in the end you're just you're getting Mahomes at under a field goal and if Jalen Ramsey looked good like Mm -hmm. he's definitely he could be like a difference maker and the Dolphins have been awful against tight ends Um, the only two legit tight ends that they've gone against this year Goddard I I pronounce his name just awful and I still don't even know how to pronounce it but Darren Waller who both of them went for 80 plus with five catches plus Uh, whether Jalen Ramsey shadows kelsey is the question that remains uh but at the same time like the matchup tight end kelsey that is the key that makes this offense run and the dolphins have just been awful against tight ends um so i'll take mahomes and this chiefs defense on a neutral at under a field goal you are having trouble pronouncing darren waller no no dallas no, dallas dallas goddard i oh, say go oh, okay. it's like it's it is stuck in my head as go i don't know why Got but it. okay. Darren, it's Darren, almost like Darren, is, it, is it Waller? Darren Waller? Is that it? Waller. <laughs> it's it's awful. It, it's like almost like I just have to keep pronouncing it this way. Like Debundo gets on me for it every single time I do it, which can't wait to hear <laughs> yeah. from him. No, it's okay. I wasn't picking on you. You just think, yeah, Jimmy Neutron's dog, Goder. That's probably what you're thinking. Uh, okay, so. Very good. Just looking at Vic Vangio, too, uh, his first year defensive coordinator with the Dolphins. He was a consultant last year uh, with the Eagles. We saw how the Super Bowl went. Chiefs still scored. I realize that their offense is a little bit different looking. 
Um, and he was also in Denver before that. And we know the track record and the history of the Kansas City Chiefs against the Denver Broncos until this past <laughs> week, which is the plays into your points about coming off a loss. But like, I, I was curious, Vic Vangio, he was at the Bears before that too. Has he faced Mahomes that much? No, but even when he has, it hasn't gone well. But on the subject of Patrick Mahomes, that allows Jill to chime in because Jill has an angle on the quarterback. Jill, your first one. Yeah, this is a really interesting angle for me because I do agree with Luke. He is the best quarterback in the NFL, but I'm also still going to bet his interception prop versus the Dolphins at even odds because he's thrown an interception in six of eight games. Uh, the Dolphins, one of the things that I love about this matchup and why I wanted to take Mahomes' interception is how the Dolphins play defensively. Now, obviously, they're pretty weak against the tight end, especially from a DVOA perspective. They're bottom 10 in blitz rate. And the reason why that's important is because Patrick Mahomes historically just carves up the blitz. Like when they played against the Vikings, they have the highest blitz rate in the NFL. He did not throw an interception in that game. But the Dolphins are top seven still in pressure rate with both Bradley Chubb and Wilkins and Jalen Phillips. That means the secondary can just sit back and wait. And that Dolphins secondary, as we've mentioned, is getting reinforcements. Jalen Ramsey's going to play. Xavier Howard is also expected to play. And one of the things that I do as well is I track the interception props for every single quarterback in the NFL. Now, Patrick Mahomes, as awesome as he is, is actually the most profitable quarterback for uh, for interception props in the NFL. And if you would bet his interception prop in every game this season, you'd be up 4.7 units in profit. So <laughs> one of the things I just want to mention as well, this is not meant to be an indictment on whether the Chiefs can win or an endorsement for the Dolphins. I'm just saying Patrick Mahomes, he's going to throw an interception in this game. So I'm going to bet it. Okay, very good. So we just hammered the crap out of this Germany game. Love it. Let's go to our second round of picks. Brandon, what do you have? I think this is my first prop for the year, at least, on this podcast. I'm going to go with the prop here. I'm going to take Jonathan Taylor over 64 and a half rushing yards. So I looked hard at Colts Panthers this week. I wanted Colts under a field goal, but it's a Frank Reich revenge spot. And honestly, I just picked against the Panthers last week, and I, I really can't lose the Panthers twice in a row. I, I can't have that on my record. I looked at the over, and I was like, okay, well, what is it that I like about this game? Why am I eyeing the Colts here? Because I don't really love the Colts in general that much. What I like is the rushing matchup. Colts offense is number four in run DVOA, and the Panthers are dead last defensively against the run. So last week, that didn't work for me because the Texans can't run the football anyways. The Colts can run the football. Shane Steichen has brought with him that Eagles run mentality. I wondered coming into the year, with that offensive line that had used to be one of the best in the league, could they kind of rebuild and respond under Steichen? Now, I liked it better with Anthony Richardson because it helps to have that running quarterback too, but still been a really good line, really good run game under Steichen. And obviously, getting Jonathan Taylor back helps a lot. So he came back. First two games, he had six carries and eight carries. So I think we're still being a little conservative here. He still is one of the best running backs, maybe the best running back in the NFL. His snap count has slowly been going up, even though the carries haven't necessarily been there. 15% the first game, then 42, 50, 61%. Last week, the first time that he clearly outsnapped Zach Moss, they're kind of splitting on carries. but. He's the starter. He's the guy. So last two games, 18 carries, 75 yards, 12 carries, 95 yards. We only need 65. And if you go back, when he's the starter, when he's the guy, Taylor has gone over 65 yards, seven straight starts, and 21 of his last 24 starts, 88%. 
Like this number is just too low because we haven't readjusted to what it's supposed to be with Taylor as the starter, right? Like this would be the highest line of the week for running back. If we were used to him being the starter, we just haven't gotten there yet. So I think it's a good spot to bet Taylor. You can bet 75 yards or more at a plus 160. I think that might actually be the better bet here. I'm going to go on record for the over 64 and a half because it's at minus 110. But plus 160 is 10 more yards. That's like one run. He's done that in 19 of his last 24 starts. That's 79% hit. I'm going to play both of them. So three thousand escalator over 64 and a half for Taylor. Play the 75 and a half if you can. Don't keep going from there. He hasn't had too many 100-yard games, but I do think Jonathan Taylor has a very nice game this week. So it looks like comparing Taylor and Zach Moss, their their rushing attempts numbers have been about the same the last couple games, but what might help you too, and I know it's a rushing prop, not a rushing and receiving, but Taylor is outnumbering Moss in passing situations. I only bring that up because, as you said, the touches, the snap count, that all kind of factors in he's seeing the field more is the overall point um and it's a sets up for a good matchup against right. carolina well, I mean, which that leads to luke's second pick yeah i'm gonna go with the panthers right now it's plus two and a half i don't think you need to jump on this one right now i think you can wait because threes worth showing i think there's a couple of threes out there right now but uh, they might pop back up but this is just a, a panthers team that i think they won last week even though they got outgained and i just think after that bye week in the schedule that they went through prior to it, that they're going to continue to improve every single week uh, where they had some really bad, tough road games against the Seahawks, Vikings, Lions, and Miami. They just got destroyed by all of them, which kind of created a perception that led to them being 0-6. And after the bye week, they were gritty against the Texans. Bryce looked a lot better. He had a game-winning drive. Um, going against a Colts team that I just have quite – Colts at home – on that track are just a different beast to me when they go on the road, especially on grass and Minshew has been serviceable, um, but I'm just going to continue to take this Panthers team that I think we're still getting a good price on. Um, and this is just another, a buy point for them where they continue to win. Then we'll probably start fading them. But right now this Panthers team, I think is a buy and a plus two and a half going against the Colts team at home off a win is a good bet for me. So Panthers plus two and a half, try and get a three, of course, obviously, um, but two and a half is fun. Okay. I think we're going to head to the touchdown market now with Joe Gallant, the touchdown better. What do you have in mind for your second one? Yeah, and I'm going to look right at Ravens Steelers, and I'm going to take Lamar Jackson for an anytime touchdown. It's around plus 125. So Lamar leads the team with red zone carries with 19. To put that in perspective, that's 13th overall in the NFL. It's only second for all quarterbacks behind Jalen Hurts, obviously. Now, the reason why I bring that up is because Lamar is more picking his spots this year in the red zone. Last year, he only rushed 19 times in the red zone in 12 games and nine times inside the 10. Well, in eight games, he's already surpassed both of those marks. So he's trying to find it. He has five touchdowns this year as opposed to only three last season. And he's crushed it in home games this year. Six yards per carry compared to 4.7 on the road. Three touchdowns in three home games. You could say London is technically a home game. We're not going to count that for this exercise. Um, But the Seahawks defense, I think they're getting a little bit too much shine when you look at who they played over the last four games. And their secondary, I think, is their secondary is improving. But I think their run defense is a bit overrated. When you look at the schedule and the circumstances of teams they played, you know, they're playing the Giants without Saquon, for example. This is going to be the best team they have faced all year. Now, I will say if you're like, oh, I'm not sure about Lamar, 
Gus Edwards is right around plus 110, plus 120 anyway, who has nearly the same odds. He scored three touchdowns last week. It's going to be a running offense for the Ravens in this game, but I think it's going to be the Lamar show. We got to go with Lamar Jackson anytime touchdown at plus 125. All right. Very good. Yeah, his last uh, – yeah, right. You mentioned that we're going to take the London game out against Tennessee, um, but he did have nine carries, 36 yards, and the home win, that blowout win against Detroit, uh, ran for a touchdown as well. Um, and it yeah, could be early too because that's the thing about the Ravens is that outside of that game uh, last week against the Cardinals, they were outscoring opponents 55-6 to six in the first quarter entering that game. They, that was the only game that they've been held to a draw. So you could probably see that that hit pretty early. And the beauty of the the Ravens now with this new Todd Munkin offense is now they can just be more multiple and they can catch you off guard. So they're pick, like you said, they're picking their spots with Lamar, and I think that's just making them a headache to game plan for. One uh, last note about the Ravens game, and then we can move on. I just wanted to mention that this Sunday, if you're looking for a long shot for a Ravens touchdown score, it is Odell Beckham's birthday on Sunday. Okay, a little birthday narrative. Like it. The Action Network podcast is presented by BetMGM. Use bonus code ACTION when signing up to get up to $1,500 paid back in bonus bets if your first bet loses. For new users in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Okay, last round of picks, and then we'll, of course, go to Brandon's look-ahead spot for week number 10. Brandon, what's your third one? Uh, I'm sighing on this one because <laughs> this is my most disgusting pick I've made so far this season. I'm going to stay local here in Chicago area. Give me the Chicago Bears, plus eight and a half at oh the Saints. Tyson Bajan, baby, we're doing this thing. I think I owe him a pick because I believe the first time I ever referred to him on on the Action Network podcast, and I literally called him Tyler Bajant. So Tyson, you get my money this week because you're facing Derek Carr and Dennis Allen as eight and a half point favorites. That's what the bet is. The bet has nothing to do with Tyson or Tyler or any other Bajant family members. They're all going to be at the game. They're going to be watching Dennis Allen as the biggest favorite he's ever been as an NFL coach by almost a field goal. And Derek Carr is a favorite. And you guys know, I just keep betting against Saints favorites. The Bears, honestly, we treat them like they're just absolute trash. That's kind of what they were to start the season. They've been more like eh, fine league average-ish for the last month or so. If you look at the DVOA, the EPA, from week four forward, here's where the Bears sit in EPA. There is a tier of teams from 13 to 16. The Bears are in that group. So that's just above league average with the Bengals, the Dolphins, and oh, the Saints. They're like basically just fine, just like the Saints are fine, but they're getting eight and a half points here. The Bears are 12th in EPA on offense during that stretch, including number one running the football, number one rushing success rate. Saints offense is 19th. Bears defense, 19th. It's not great, but it's not as bad as we are treating them usually. The Saints are 10th. Bears are number one in run defense and just added Montez Sweat, who is an awesome run stop defensive end as well these teams both tend to skew run heavy so normally that wouldn't matter as much but the bears are going to run a lot and the saints are going to run too much and all that run defense and offense is going to go in their favor this is not me saying the bears are good the bears are not good they're just not awful anymore and they're they're kind of mid kind of like the saints so you know i have the numbers dennis allen as a favorite 
5-13-1 ATS, 28%, has never been favored by more than six. It's eight and a half here. Derek Carr as a favorite, 18-34-1 as a favorite ATS, 35%. He has not covered 13, sorry, he has lost outright as a favorite 13 of his last 21 times. When Derek can I, Carr... Can I, can, I, can I jump in and add to that? Please. 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 I, I don't know if you're going to get to this one, so I wanted to jump in. Evan Abrams has this in his doc that he gives us every week. Derek Carr, when favored by three or more, 8, 24, and 2 against the number in his career. Continue. That's awful. Yeah, no, that's that's exactly where I was going to go next. That's my right. last dad here is when Derek Carr is, this is slightly off, but more than a three-point favorite. So that one included the three. Obviously, we're way above the three here. When Derek Carr is more than a three-point favorite lifetime on the money line, straight up, 11 and 11. So when he is like the clear best team favorite, he is a 500 quarterback. He's lost five of the last six like that. If you just bet Derek Carr for his career, every time that he was more than a three-point favorite, you would have a 44% ROI on the money line. Last six games, you would have 148% ROI on the money line. So we're here, Tyson Bajant. Bring the whole family. He's got like a section. There's, there's an entire section of Bajans at these games. I am not teasing the Saints team. No way. I think the Bears can win outright. I'm taking the Bears plus eight and a half. And I'm absolutely sprinkling the money line upset special plus 330. I do not want any part of the Saints team as huge favorites at any point. I'll take the Bears. Wow. Eight and a half, and their team total at BetMGM this week is 16 and a half. So not far off from, you're, you're getting essentially half, half of what their team total is. That's by, incredible. By the way, one other note, I do think that you might wait on this one. If you like the Bears angle, I think this one's risen as the week has gone on. I was going to take them at seven and a half, and it keeps moving up. Probably it's going to get to nine or nine and a half. That's a teaser protection spot. So I think if you like the Bears and the points, you might actually wait a little bit and get another point in there. Though nine's not really a huge number, but just something to watch for. Okay. Yeah, the total in that game is at 41 points. So typically, I know we've we've done, we've hammered this home, but when you're getting a team more than a touchdown and the total's creeping down towards 40, who knows, it could move up to Brandon's point if that number keeps climbing for the Bears. Um, Oof. Stinky. Yeah. Uh, it, have fun. If they don't get this one, he's back to Tyler Bajan for me. So this is this is for the Tyson. Okay. <laughs> have have fun watching this game. Um, let's go to Luke. What do you got for your last best bet? So I'm going to go with the Vikings, currently at plus four, who are an underdog at the Falcons. Which this one is just really just going to the well of an overreaction on a backup quarterback. And last week. I made the mistake of going against the unknown of Levis and just got burned. But it just it if you look at the trends with backup quarterbacks, there's just always an overreaction. Where the Vikings, I think, were minus one and a half before Cousins got hurt, and now they're plus four. Which backup QBs against the spread are nineteen and six in their first start. They're eight and two against the spread, and then an underdogs of three plus are eleven and three against the spread. So backup quarterbacks just always have an overreaction against the spread. And um, this is another one where this Vikings team is still top 10 in offensive line. They have a top tight end. And then this Falcons team has Grady Jarrett out, which I think is very underrated. He's probably their most impactful defensive player. Uh, and then Heineke has just historically hated the blitz, and he's going against a defense that is blitzing at historical rates. Uh, this Vikings defense has been better. I think it's somewhat skewed because – 
the top teams that they went against just burned them. But against the mediocre teams like the Bucks, the Panthers, and the Packers, all three of those teams had their worst performances of the season. Um, so this Vikings defense is formidable with a backup quarterback that hopefully he surprises us. But if not, they really aren't going to have to score a ton to cover this number at four and a half. So Vikings plus four and a half. Well, and the, the game that they did play well in the last we saw of Kirk Cousins in a big spot was the Monday night game against San Francisco. Um, that defense was swallowing up that San Fran offense that you know made made Brock Purdy look pretty 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 ordinary. Okay, Jill, take us home. Your last best bet. Okay, so you probably if you're not being able to see us on video, I am wearing a Cowboys sweater. So we're going to go to the Eagles and Cowboys game, and I'm going to take Devonte Smith for an anytime touchdown around two to one. So he's got three touchdowns this year. He caught a touchdown last week. But why we like Devontae in this spot is because of the snap counts. He plays over 95% of the snaps, so he rarely comes off the field. Whereas A.J. Brown, who's going to get all the attention and all the shine, he still is only playing about 85% of snaps. He's not out there for every running down. Uh, And he's been extremely overshadowed by A.J. Brown, which is why we're getting these two-to-one odds. And also, I think as part of this is the Cowboys' defense which has a little bit better of a secondary with Stephon Gilmore and Bland, much better than what the commanders were able to put out there. But I don't think it's going to matter because the Cowboys secondary, somebody who's probably a little too close to the source material, has many weak moments in critical games. We've seen when they play upper echelon opponents that they can get picked apart. Niners and the and George Kittle and Brandon Ayuk are a perfect example of just being completely diced up. And from a historical standpoint, Devontae, actually scored in both games versus Dallas last year. And I expect the Eagles probably to have to chuck it a little bit in the second half to either hold off this late Cowboys run or to play catch up. So uh, Devontae Smith, anytime touchdown at two to one, I think is the best touchdown bet to make in that game. Okay, excellent. That's the nine picks, three from each of these guys. We close as we always do with Brandon Anderson's look ahead line for week 10. And I was surprised when I you put this in the dock, I had to look at it four or five times and think, wait a second, that can't be right. Explain, please. (laughs) I'm curious which part you think can't be right. So I'll make the pick first, then you can respond. I'm going to take the Detroit Lions plus one and a half after the Chargers next week. That's my my question. Why are the the Lions underdogs? It's a great question. That's why we're picking them. I don't know either. I'm very confused. I don't know why they're underdogs. (laughs) Thank you for validating my pick because I, I, I... I had to look at the line also. I was like, wait, what? Uh, I think this line must be outdated. Where's the right? Oh, oh, at this book as well. Oh, plus one, plus one and a half over here. I don't, I don't understand. I don't know why the Lions are underdogs. The Lions don't even play this weekend. The Lions are on a bye week, which they badly need because they have had running back injuries. They've had offensive line injuries, defensive injuries. They keep kind of sorting through bodies. And I think they're going to get a lot healthier during the bye. And We've seen specifically this offense under Ben Johnson really take off after the bye when they can sort of self-scout and really learn what they're doing well. Now they get to play the Chargers, who I don't know if they scout anything. Like, Brands Daly making a bad name for Brandon's out here. They're 27th in DVOA on defense. The Chargers can't stop a nosebleed right now. So we got Ben Johnson's offense against whatever Brandon Staley's defense is doing. Like, I think they're going to light up the pass defense. We've seen almost every week Ben Johnson dials up something where Jared Goff is suddenly throwing downfield to a dude wide open, like some great play scheme or something, getting wide open guys. Chargers, by the way, play Monday night. So the Chargers have a short week, 
in New York where they face the Jets defense, who have made a lot of teams look pretty bad. I kind of like the Jets there. It's my favorite teaser spot of the week. So you got the Chargers maybe even lose against the Jets or at least look bad. Justin Herbert's not been good. Four interceptions the last four weeks. He's got that finger injury. He's only 14th in EPA plus CPOE during that stretch, kind of my all-in-one QB metric. That's behind Jared Goff, by the way. It's also, just for reference, it's right between Justin Fields and Desmond Ritter. So that's how Justin Herbert is playing right now. Congrats on that, Chargers. I don't know. I don't know why the Chargers are favored here. I don't think they will be. By the way, maybe they're favored because it's in L.A. No, the Chargers don't have home field advantage. The Detroit will have more fans in Los Angeles than the Chargers will. Their fans have traveled great this season. This is like a Lions home game. I think the Lions should be favored and they will be favored. Lions don't move this far usually, but I kind of think the Lions should be favored by like the field goal. And we might even hit a key number if, if this moves the right way. So give me the Lions plus one and a half. I don't understand it either. Jared Goff's old home. Like, he's not going to be outdoors. He's going to be on turf. Used to play there. Good point. Good ad. And, yeah, just looking at the Chargers. So, for, so first of all, like you said, I couldn't believe that. Second of all, they miss Mike Williams. Like, they're not right without Williams. They're still trying to figure out their, their wide receiver group. They clearly miss his downfield presence. And then, to your point about the, the teams that go in there that play, they lost to the Dolphins. That was week one. Okay, we'll give them week one shootout. But I'm, I'm sure there are more Dolphins fans there. Dallas at home, uh, that's a Dallas home game for, for without question. Um, and then, uh, again, they, they played Chicago. So in their, their home, based on that, I mean. Chicago allowed fans there too. Like, it's just, you're, you're in Los Angeles. There, there are no Chargers fans. Sorry, Charger fan that's listening to this podcast. I've offended the one person out there. Like, we, we saw the Chargers fan, like the woman on TV that one day. We saw her. That's <laughs> yeah. it. They found the Chargers fan. Everybody else. Is just like everybody that lives in Los Angeles that's like, oh, cool. My Bears are finally in town for the one time in four years. I'm going to go see them now. Like, that's what's going to happen here. So uh, Detroit fans, honestly, though, even not in Los Angeles, I don't normally even think I would notice this, but Detroit fans are showing up game after game. Like, in Green Bay, Detroit fans were loud at Lambeau on that, I think, Thursday night game. In Green Bay, like, where the fans are all known for being great. I, I could not believe Lions fans were like loud at the end of that game and impacting yeah. Packers players. So if they're going to show up in a division rival, I have to believe they're going to be in Los Angeles too. Yeah. And, and recent, take the Bears game out. Recency bias too against good defenses. Dallas, Kansas City, 17 points in each of those games. And it's a short week for the Chargers. So if you haven't learned already, Brandon gives out this line <laughs> now so you can play it in case the Jets do handle the Chargers, make them look ordinary, and that line potentially flips and the Lions become favorites. That wouldn't surprise anybody, I don't think. So, okay, very good. There's the look-ahead line. That is going to do it for this week's NFL Best Bets episode here on the Action Network podcast, all set for week number nine. We are presented by our friends at BetMGM. If you missed it, uh, the full betting preview from Stucky and Raybon, the Sunday six-pack, is available now on the Action Network podcast, and also look forward to Jill and Evan Abrams, who we referenced earlier. They are along for the ride on Monday morning. They'll have the uh, betting uh, recap, the recap episode from the weekend. Brandon jumps in as well for his hot read. So again, stay tuned for those. Don't forget to download the free award-winning Action Network app to see all these guys' picks, others that contribute to Action Network's NFL team, uh, so you can track your own. Best of luck this weekend. 
We'll talk to you again next week. For Brandon, Luke, and Jill, Brendan Glasheen, thanks for listening to the Action Network podcast and presented by BetMGM. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.